Welcome to This Story Matters. Each episode, we visit with people just like you who've walked through events that have grown their faith, transformed their families, drawn them closer to Christ, and refreshed their outlook on life. We believe sharing a testimony can build up others, and that is why this story matters. This episode is presented by Beatles Property Maintenance. For all home maintenance needs, including mold remediation and radon mitigation, more information found at BeatlesPM.com. Thank you for joining me for this episode of This Story Matters. I'm your host, Stephanie Jenkins, and today we are going to talk to one of my sisters in Christ about her journey and some of the amazing things that God has done in her life. Sarah Forehead's welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And we're going to have to contain ourselves because when you and I get together, it's just this constant talk as fast as we can about the goodness that God is doing in our lives. Watch out, world. Here we come. And we want that. That's kind of the point of this podcast. We want that to be contagious. We want you to be able to openly share your testimonies with the people around you. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But before we go any further, we want to start with prayer and just invite the Lord into this space. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, Lord, and I'm so incredibly grateful for the way you love us, for your grace, for no matter where we've been or what we've done, we're never, never far away from you. You're right there waiting with open arms to embrace us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to speak of your goodness and your love We're thankful for your truth. And today, Lord, I just ask that Holy Spirit would give us the words to speak. Lord, that people would be touched by what you want them to hear. That eyes, ears, minds, hearts would all be open to the message that you have for your people. And in the end, we will give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to start with, um, you grew up like going to church here and there. Um, your parents were divorced, if I if I yes, remember that correctly. Right, yes. So when you were with your mom, she always had you in church. Right. So it's not that you didn't believe in God. There just wasn't a good, solid foundation. Is that a good way to put that? I think so. I would call myself, uh, I've, I've seen this description before, and I really resonate with it, a fan, but not a follower. I wasn't anti-God, but I also didn't follow him. There was no follow through or obedience on my part. And as you know, scripture says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So as I've grown in the Lord as an adult, I'm like, oh, man, I would love to know whenever I get face to face with Jesus someday, like at what point did I take ownership? Because I would tell you that it was when I was 25 years old. But I mean, did I know the Lord? Well, yeah, but did I follow him? No. And so I don't know. You know, it's hard to, for me at least, to like pinpoint that moment. But I can tell you whenever it felt like no striving, but just surrender. And that was in my adult life. Yeah, when I was 25, when I actually met my now husband, in fact. So you guys were working in the same place. If people are local to where we are, they're going to be familiar with your names and your faces because you were on the local NBC affiliate as you started, I think, as a reporter and then ended up on uh, the anchor desk. That's right. I started uh, young. In fact, at the time, I was our youngest on-air hire. 
not the case anymore. Now it's a regular thing for the business, the television industry to hire young. Uh, but at the time I was young and green behind the ears and um, came here exactly six months prior to my husband, but very taboo. We met at work. He asked me on a date. I was like, uh, I don't think you're supposed to date your coworkers. And then within no time, not only did I date my coworker, but I was married to him. So now was that a relationship that that you knew immediately? This is the man that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. Interestingly, I think I would have to say yes. And the reason is because I never wanted to get married young. I got married when I was 25. Um, my definition is young. That that feels young to me now. Um, but none of my closest friends were married yet. So I'm like going, I don't, I don't want to get married this young, you know. But when he asked me to marry him, I knew that I knew that I knew I should not let him go because he was a good man. He was a godly man, uh, which is also just rare, honestly, in the TV industry. It's pretty liberal business, as you know. Um, but he was so different than any Christian that I had ever been around. And he's not loud. I mean, he's a quiet person. He's funny. He's a man of few words, um, but he spoke when he did speak. He spoke in, in, with such an authority that I was like on the scriptures that I'm like, who is this guy? So I just didn't feel like I should let him go. Um, and we honestly did not date that long before he asked me to marry him. And yeah, I felt like, okay, this is the one. I had had other serious boyfriends in the past, um, good people, but none of them following hard after the Lord. And I feel like I'm forever the beneficiary of my husband's walk with God because he he is older than me. He's 10 years older than me, in fact. But he had been walking so closely with the Lord for so long um, that I benefited from his walk. So what does it look like for those that might be listening who are still in that dating phase and have not had that conversation? You would think that it would be early on. But I think sometimes when you're young, you just assume things like we met in youth group. Um, what would you encourage them with as far as having a conversation with the person you're just dating and it's not serious or the person that you are seriously dating or even your fiance about their faith? Yeah, I do think that there is something that was really telling whenever Ethan is his name, my husband, whenever he was up against something, he would pray about it with me. He would say, hey, let's pray about it. And I used to be like, that is so strange, you know, um, but that's how he lives his life. It's how he navigates his challenges. And now I look at that and I'm like, that's not strange at all, right? Like to you and me, that is now par for the course. Um, but whenever you're first dating and you're younger, uh, you might not be doing that. You might not even be looking for someone who does that, but you, it's critical that you know how they fight their battles. And if the Lord is not the front and center of that, then you have to check your heart because our emotions can get in the way and we can, um, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit even will give us red flags and we just ignore them and say, oh, like it's, it's fine. Like it's normal. And, and that's okay. But no, because marriage can get very difficult, even fast. I mean, he lost his mother shortly after we were married, which was very, uh, just a challenging season for him. Um, and I'm super thankful that he had the Lord to lean on because 
there's just some things that you come up against or a layoff, somebody getting fired, losing a job, your income drastically changing, all these things that can happen totally unexpectedly. And without that firm foundation, and you don't want to go get married to someone and then find out, oh, they built their house on the sand. Um, and I had talked to friends who they're like, yeah, um, my fiance won't pray with me. Like he doesn't want to be that vulnerable in front of me yet. And I'm like, no, if you're engaged to somebody, honestly, even if you're dating someone, it's not weird for me to pray with you. It's not weird for me to pray um, even with one of your coworkers, like even if they're a man, it wouldn't be weird for me to pray with them because I know that we both have a heart after the Lord. So that's true in your dating life as well. It shouldn't be awkward for you to pray with someone. Is there a level of vulnerability to it? Absolutely, there is. But when you're both seeking after the Lord, that's a very normal thing to do. Do you look, how long have you guys been married now? 16 years. You look back at the last 16 years, and do you ever look at it and say, wow, if we hadn't have had God in that situation, I don't know if this marriage would have survived. Yes. Oh, man. My son, who is now nine years old, was attacked by a dog when he was 18 months old. Uh, so what, seven and a half years ago. The most challenging, most difficult thing of our lives, because he was in pediatric ICU, it was very touch and go. It was, it was terrifying. And without our faith in the Lord, we would not have survived it. Our marriage would not have survived it because honestly, it was a situation where we got the dog out of protection because we had a crazy situation happening um, with this viewer from television who had become very angry. Anyway, long story short, we got the dog out of protection. Well, my husband never actually felt comfortable getting the German Shepherd, but I did, and I kind of fought for it. I'm like, hey, easy for you to say. Like, I'm a sitting duck while you're at work, live on the air. Everybody knows you're at work. And um, and normally, I find it pretty easy to submit to Ethan. And in this instance, though, I was pretty like, no, we are getting this dog. Well, he could have taken that out on me. Like, he, I mean, once the attack happened and we're sitting in the ICU, I mean, I was like, oh, my goodness, Ethan is going to shoot me. Like, he didn't want this dog in the first place, and now look what I've done. But when you're following after the Lord, you like you fight your battles correctly. Like I'm not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. So he never made me feel like the enemy. He never made me feel like a failure. He never, but without God, I'm telling you, our marriage wouldn't have survived because it was as hard on our marriage as it was on my son's physical body. For couples that say, oh, but we love each other. What is the difference between human loving one another and the love we experience when we have Christ as part of our marriage, God's love. Yeah, it is it is so true. I mean, so often we hear that, right? Like, we love each other. And um, when you have an unconditional love, though, and when your fulfillment does not come from your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, but your fulfillment comes from Christ, that person, um, you're able to give them grace when they mess up. You're able to give them forgiveness and and grace when you feel like in your own flesh they don't deserve it, but you understand to whom much is given, much is required. And without the love of Christ in you or in the person that you're dating um, or engaged to, I mean, you can't survive that. Like, because you can't possibly show them the grace that they need or show them the forgiveness that, that they need because you yourself don't carry it. So, yeah, there's, it's, Marriage and love and um, like a godly 
solid relationship is so much more than this feeling of love. It's a choice to love. It's a choice to lay down. It's a choice to be selfless and a servant because you understand that that person is serving you as well. And it becomes very reciprocal. Yes. And that's what I was just thinking as you were getting ready to say that, that it's not, it shouldn't be a, oh, I'm always serving him or I'm always serving her. The serving should go both ways. It's never, marriage is really never 50-50. It always balances back and forth between 60, 40, 80, 20, one side or the other. Right. You just never know when you wake up in the morning, it which spouse is going to carry the weight of the relationship. Yeah. So I recently was gone for two weeks. Um, and it's, you know, we have three young kids. They are nine, 11 and 13. Um, and you know, when I'm gone for two weeks, it puts a ton of responsibility on my husband and who also has a full-time job and like all these things. And I just feel like because of what you said, it's not always 50, 50. Um, it was very much 95, five. I'm like, Hey, I need you to do 95% of the responsibilities for the next couple weeks. Well, you did take two of the kids with that's, you, though. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> two of the kids were with me. Like, come on. Um, but he just had a lot of work to do and a lot of logistics and running around. And um, it's just interesting because, like you said, I'm 100% agreement. I mean, it's, it is never 50-50. It is always a mixture combination of those percentages until you reach up to 100. And praise God that we're both on the same team. You have not necessarily lived this, but you are a godly woman full of God's wisdom. So I'm going to put you on the spot with this. For the person listening right now that is married to someone that has not completely surrendered to Christ, what do you say to them? Because I know you probably have women when you're out speaking that approach you about this on a regular basis. I do. I do. And I would say prayer is effective, even when you don't see it prayer is effective. Like even to the one who is so far gone, prayer is effective. Um, I was actually reading this morning in the book of Philemon and there is, um, Paul is pleading for Philemon to be kind to Onesimus and let Onesimus back into your good graces. He's pleading with him. Well, what we know about Onesimus is Paul met him in prison. So clearly Onesimus was not a great guy. He was in prison. Um, But he became a Christian in prison. But what's interesting is Paul himself said, I know that Onesimus was completely useless to you. And it just made me kind of chuckle because I'm like, how many times do we look at a person, sometimes our own child, sometimes our spouse, sometimes a coworker, and we're like, you are completely useless. Why are you being so useless? Like, stop the behavior, stop the actions. And that's where Paul was. He was like, hey, I know that Onesimus was useless. But he's met Christ, so please let him back into your good graces. And I'm like, it just made me think of like how many times you look at a person or a situation and you say, oh, it's worthless, it's useless, it's too far gone. But it's not too far gone for Christ. It's not. And you can know that even in your pleadings, when you're not seeing anything, if you are praying for someone, I promise you, God is at work on them. He is at work on them because he's a God who answers prayer. And so while that's not an easy journey, you yourself will become stronger through it because you're learning to trust Christ more and more and more, even with those seemingly impossible people and situations. We're going to 
transition here a little bit. You were mentioning earlier that when you and Ethan were dating, he would be like, pray with me about this. And you're like, well, that's weird. Why would we pray about this? So you in 16, 17 years have gone for, that's weird for you to ask me to pray with you, to this bold woman of God. You do not hesitate in any situation to share Christ with people. I have watched it happen in my own eyes, in the in my own presence. And it's just, it flows from you. It is who you are. And I think so many of us get stopped by the enemy. There's a wall that goes up like, who am I to share this? I don't know enough about this. They're going to ask me questions that I don't know the answers to. Um, there's one particular story that I've heard you share before about being on a plane. And could you walk us through that? Yeah. And then just tell us a little bit about how you've maybe prayed for that boldness and how God's answered that prayer. Yeah. So the story you're talking about was several years ago on a flight to Africa. And I wound up sitting by this man who... Um, was not in the faith and we just got to talking and he thought it was interesting that I was a news reporter uh, because he was going over to Africa um, in the study of this certain type of giraffe and trying to figure out why the giraffe's neck was so long, which I thought was hilarious by the way, but apparently this is studied in science and research. And so that's what we're talking about. And he was like, actually it made the news one time. And um, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. So I mean, we found this common ground, you know, he was on the news talking about this and I was a news reporter. So there was our common ground. I felt like that was my in. But as I'm talking to him, um, it's becoming more clear that he doesn't believe in the creation account. And I was just challenging him really on his belief system and, you know, not rudely, but, uh, you know, you can ask people questions without being a jerk. Um, and so we're talking and, you know, in Timothy, um, I can't remember the exact location, but it talks about people who maybe have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Well, if we believe that, right, like I don't want just a form of godliness that says like, oh, these are, this is biblical wisdom. These are good things to do. I want to recognize the power in the gospel. And I'm like, this man could be a scientist for Christ and it would revolutionize his whole industry. Um, because he's clearly high up in his industry. And so I was like, how am I going to segue this conversation into Christ? And he was talking about his mom and she was like, he was like, you know, I said, I'm going to Africa as well. I'm on a mission trip, a Christian mission trip. And he was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. My mom used to pray. I can remember when she used to pray. And I was, and he was talking about her in past tense. Like, so I, I knew she had died. And I said, you know, what's interesting is the Bible tells us that our prayers don't die with us. And so if your mom was a prayer, a person of prayer, all of her prayers are still being answered. And I think that me sitting next to you on this plane is an answer to her prayer. Because here I am letting you know um, that you might not know or serve God today. Um, you might think that to be a scientist, you can't also be a Christian, but that's a lie from the enemy. Like Christ created science. He's okay with science. Everything in science backs up the Bible and the Bible backs up science. Like study it, you know? And so we had this conversation and I really thought that today was the day that he was going to surrender his life to Christ. But instead he, he tears up and tears streaming down his face. Like clearly the Holy spirit was moving in the conversation. Um, but when I finally said, Hey, would you like to pray to receive Christ? He was like, 
I just can't. I, I there's, uh, you know, thank you, but yeah, I I can't. I can't do that, which is okay. I just feel like I was, you know, a um, seed along the journey, or or maybe someone who was watering the seed along the journey, but I was not the one um, that Christ talks about in John four, who like brings in the harvest. You know, I wasn't the one that day, but I have no doubt that it was an impactful conversation for him and a reminder that the God your mom served served is still after you because she prayed for you a lot. She might be dead, but her prayers are not dead. Um, they have superseded her, and here I am. So. Um, it's just, it's an amazing thing when you recognize that people, what they want is gospel power. Like he says, I've written the truth on every man's heart in Ecclesiastes. He's written the truth on their heart. Like you have the home court advantage already sharing your faith. You might not think they're interested, but you have the home court advantage because Christ says they can't escape the truth that he's written on their heart. And so there's something about your life. There's something about your conversation that says, man, like, what is it that that person has? Like, why is it that Stephanie is still surviving and still standing, even when there's all of these what if scenarios like floating around in her life? How is she okay? Like, your life begs a question. And you're simply saying this is what the answer is. It's not me. It's not a personality type. It's the power of Christ alive and active in my life. That's so good. How do you continue to maintain that boldness? Is it a prayer that you pray daily, or do you feel like you're at a point where it is just part of who you are? I feel like it's a part of who I am. And even before I was a Christian, I was bold in personality, um, but I kind of felt like a rebel without a cause. Now I feel more like a rebel with a cause. Um, but really what has struck me is in Romans chapter 10, where it says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who go and tell them the good news. Um, and it talks about um, how will they know if no one ever tells them. And I just don't want to keep it a secret because like, I feel like we can be the hands and feet of Jesus all day long and we should be the hands and feet of Jesus. But it's more than that. It says to tell them the good news, to tell them the reason for the hope that is within you. People need hope, but bringing them a meal is not their hope. It's when they know the motivation of your heart. Why are you bringing me the meal? Why did you do that? What compels you to do that? Um, so not stopping at just providing for their like felt needs, but also saying there's a reason why I want to provide this meal for you. It's because Christ sees you and he cares about you and he hears you. And he answers prayer and he can do for you what I can never do for you. So let me introduce you to him. Um, and so it's made me bold, but it's boldness begets boldness though, because there's nothing like seeing a person come to Christ. Um, because once that happens for the first time, you just want to do it again and again and again and again. How important is being in the word on a daily basis to sharing the gospel with someone? Well, even this very conversation is like evidenced by that. I read Philemon again this morning and I had not read Philemon in a really long time. And we just brought up Philemon. Um, but also whenever you're talking about Philemon, there's another verse um, that talks about your faith being made complete in your sharing of the gospel. So there's a growth that happens when you share the gospel. There's a personal growth 
a spiritual growth that happens in you when you share the gospel. That's also a verse in Philemon. Um, and so it just shows you that when you're in the word, I didn't know what this conversation was going to hold today. And now twice already, like I feel like the Lord had prepared me this morning for, uh, you know, preparation that I didn't even know I needed. I mean, that's the beauty of the gospel is you might not feel like you got anything out of it, so to speak, on, a, on any given day. But the reality is that the Lord knows before you're even there what you're going to be facing in that day. And so often you will find that whatever you read, whatever you studied is completely applicable to your daily situation. That is great. We are so grateful for your boldness. We're so grateful that Ethan asked you to marry him and grateful that he was like, hey, will you pray with me about this? Um, and grateful that you don't think it's weird anymore. Yeah, no doubt, right? Now I'm, I'm <laughs> the one now. I'm always the one initiating in public. I'm like, let's pray about that. I mean, here's the thing. When you're praying with someone, you are not responsible for the outcome of that prayer. You know what I mean? It's not up to you right. to deliver, right? Like you can, but, but it is up to you to ask God and invite him into the situation. I mean, there's been a number of crazy situations that people have told me and I'm like, there's literally nothing I could do to help you. And in my flesh, uh, yep, that's impossible. But then we pray and we invite God in. And I always leave the conversation and I'm like, God, you better do something here. We invited you in. You better show yourself to this person. You know what I mean? But honestly, he's faithful to do it. How many times has it happened where I've gotten a message, a phone call, an email, and it's, it's something that literally was impossible with man but God, but he showed himself. I, I mean, I could tell you, Stephanie, at least 10 times um, in recent months where that very thing has happened and God has shown those people who he is in such a profound way that I could have never orchestrated in a million lifetimes. We are in such a wonderful place right now. The harvest is ripe and we have the ability as children of God to go out and share his goodness with everyone, whether that's your testimony or whether that's the scripture that you read this morning that you didn't know you were going to need. Uh, before we end, would you pray over our friends that are listening? Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every listener. God, I just believe that it is not on accident that you have him or her listening to this very podcast right now. I pray that you would use it to strengthen them and encourage them. God, I pray that they would walk in a new level of faith and boldness, Lord, that you are the God who shows up, uh, Lord, that they don't have to orchestrate it themselves. God, that they just have to ask their good, good father who sees them, who hears them, and who answers prayer, and God, that they can trust the outcome to you. Lord, I just pray for every spouse, every wife that may be listening, or even husband, Lord, who's, um, whose other half doesn't know you, doesn't love you, isn't walking closely with you. I pray, God, for those people. I pray that you would send co-laborers into their path to draw them to you. I pray, God, that they could not and would not miss you. But I pray, Lord, that people at their workplace, at the grocery store, would just point them to you, Lord, everywhere that they go, and, Lord, that they would not be able to deny you. Uh, Lord, we love you, and we thank you that your heart is that no one would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. I pray that um, over those spouses, over those wayward children, Lord, have your way today. Uh, we just ask, God, that you would raise up this podcast, Lord, to be a beacon of light to people who are in darkness. And I pray that they would come to know you um, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony 
of this podcast and of every single person who's listening. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Story Matters. Check out the show notes below. We have some different links and some resources available to you related to the topic we covered in this episode. And then be sure to follow and download for more of This Story Matters. If you need prayer, we invite you to call or text our prayer line. It's available 24-7, 365, anytime you could possibly need it, 877-800-7729. We would love to hear the story God has written in your life. Email us with your story at thisstorymatters at thewind.radio.